Hello, welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, and human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now, here's your host, two-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kosowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show. I am so excited to talk to you today because we are speaking with Zaheem Nanji, who's going to be talking about your resilience reflex. Zaheem Nanji is a resilient champion and an entrepreneur. She teaches people and organizations how to embrace change effortlessly, create resilient leaders, and tenacious employees. Zaheem owns the Shanti Wellness and Laser Center in Alberta and is the author of four books, of which two are co-authored. People who do not know Zaheem's background sometimes assume that achieving success was easy for her. That couldn't be further from the truth. She grew up in Kenya, East Africa, where good quality higher education was not available and there was very little opportunity for economic advancement at the time. And when she was 15, her parents bought her and her 17-year-old sister a passage to Canada so they could pursue their dreams, knowledge, and success. Sahin stuttered up until her 20s, but learned how to embrace the fear. For many people who stutter, simply being able to stop stuttering is a dream come true. But Zaheen has run with her dream and is a now sought after motivational speaker. She's transformed her life by overcoming a speech impediment, overcoming her struggles with weight, embraced her journey with breast cancer, and creating opportunities for her life in Canada. She was recently nominated RBC's Canadian Woman Entrepreneur of 2014 and has completed her fourth book, The Resilience Reflex. And it's available on Amazon, right? So please welcome to the show, Zaheen Nanji. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Deborah. So I am curious, you know, with being an author myself, there's something that triggers people to write a certain topic. So what inspired you to write The Resilience Reflex? <laughs> uh, yes, I get asked that all the time. And just as you mentioned um, earlier with my life story, I, I didn't even know that word before, you know, resilience. Uh, but it was after I hired a coach uh, to kind of work me through, uh, especially when I went, I, as you said, I'm a speaker. And I thought, what am I going to speak about? <laughs> right? Um, I could speak about anything and everything, right? Uh, but I, I found, no, I really had to find a niche. And after sharing my story with her, she came up with the word and she said, you need to talk about resilience with what you've gone through in life, coming to Canada, you couldn't even speak before. Uh, so yeah, you have to talk about that. And that's how it was born. <laughs> When you think about the, the stuttering, um, what do you think has influenced that? Was it, was it a fear? Yeah, uh, I, I believe, and I kind of confirmed that too with my mother. Uh, it was because in grade, in kindergarten, 
we were five of us in that class that did really well. And so the school at that time or the school board at that time wanted us to skip grade one and go straight into grade two. And two out of the five stuttered and one of them was me. And I believe that that happened because it was kind of like a defensive mechanism for me where I would, if I stuttered, then I didn't have to skip grade one. Uh, but it became a habit in a sense, and um, it went on from there. Wow. And that's a huge thing to take all the way into your 20s. And, you know, at the same time, and, and I don't know if this is to be true, but you know how you said if, if you stutter, then maybe they wouldn't put you ahead. Yeah. So it's kind of like that, um, I don't know what, what they call it in psychology, the it just kind of, um, I don't get the word anymore here, but it's kind of like that protection mm -hmm. where if I do this, then it, then it will not happen to me. Right. Right. Uh, but because I was so scared too, and now I had all these expectations, right. Uh, that I'm smart. I have to have this, um, this, Thing about me that I have to get everything right that I have to be perfect you know and I still struggle with that and as a, a as a woman I think Deborah that we all struggle with that mm -hmm. uh, especially when I had that at the young age of five or six um, and it was great talking to my mom after when I realized that this was the reason why and she confirmed it and she apologized and I said, no way, don't you ever apologize about that. I said, it's the best thing that ever happened to me because it made me who I am today. So there's nothing wrong with, with something bad happening to you because in my eyes, um, and I'm not talking about bad, extreme, crazy stuff. I'm just talking about things like what I'm describing yeah. <laughs> that, uh, it makes us stronger. Mm -hmm. And I find, you know, um, speaking to people in our audience and listeners on iTunes here, one thing that I've learned is, you know, at the time we feel it's such a setback that attaches, that we put attach and put meaning to that, you know, if this didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I am. But as you get older and I, I like to say with emotional maturity as well, and through these life experiences, we realize that it wasn't done to us. It was actually done for us to show up as we are. So when I'm thinking about our listeners, and thank you for so much for sharing that, because there's probably other people looking at some things that happened throughout their childhood or um, other areas when they thought they were stepping into leadership or growing their business and had a major setback. And then they're sitting here thinking, why is this happening, you know, but to have a chance to evaluate and use it as a positive experience like you have. Yes. Thank you. So when people read your book, what do you think will surprise readers the most about your book? Mm, great question. I think it will surprise them that, uh, that being resilient is not about just the outward way you look so it's not about that 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 strength from the outside but it's the inner strength 
And it's not just about showing up, but it's also about having the support around you, uh, as well as the, the eight keys that I share there is for all about life and business. Uh, and there are going to be failures, there are going to be setbacks, but it's all about just bouncing back up and having a certain kind of attitude uh, that you can actually bounce back up and get to where you want to go. Uh, we've had a lot of people read the book and say that they were surprised at how I put stories in there about myself and what I went through, but also about others out there. And they really like that. That's very powerful. And I know re recently you've had um, an even more reason to be resilient with a cancer diagnosis. And uh, nobody wants to hear that information and it kind of takes you off guard. But those eight resiliency reflexes obviously have helped you move through a different challenge, not just the speech impediment. Yes. And you know what? I am actually doing another book, Deborah. <laughs> oh, excellent. Uh, but it's going to be a very short book and it's about my journey through cancer. Uh, so thanks for asking about that. You know that, yes, I did have to walk my talk. <laughs> yes. Uh, and it, it's, I think that was the lowest point in my life because again, at that time, uh, which was only last year, I was 41 and no one wants to hear the C word, right? Uh, and I had so many things going for me, right? I had speaking engagements. I had my online courses that I was thinking about doing and I was just going gung-ho. And then all of a sudden, it all comes to a screeching halt. <laughs> And, and that's when I really had to practice what I preach. I mean, I always do, but at the lowest point, just like everyone else out there who has been through that, they know what I was going through. And it was all about a victim mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Where, why me? Um, and as you mentioned, I have a wellness center. I felt like a fraud, um, where I felt that how can I, someone who owns a wellness center, has kale smoothies every morning, <laughs> you know, how can I end up with breast cancer? How can that be? Why me? And I just kept on going on and on. And I really had to go back into my book and say, okay, how can I step out of this victim mindset and embrace this journey and be willing to forgive myself? and be willing to look at this in a different frame. Mm -hmm. So when you say about forgiving yourself, like even though you have the wellness center, when I, when I think, because I have a healthcare background as well, when I think when people get a diagnosis, sometimes they, they're doing all the right things. And, you know, there's sometimes no explanation for why those things happen. So I'm curious, why forgiving yourself? Yes, um, I think it's because when, when we grieve, right? When someone, we have lost someone, we go through the stages of grieving. Mm -hmm. And same with the diagnosis when it comes to cancer. Um, 
I knew I, I knew I wasn't dying, but I, I knew that I was going through certain phases. Mm-hmm. The first phase for me was the victim mindset where I felt like a fraud and I thought, why me out of all the people, right? Mm-hmm. And then I found myself thinking, okay, how did this happen? And I kept on going back to the fact that I was working 16-hour days. Um, I was hardly ex- exercising. I, I was eating healthy, but I wasn't doing anything for my body in a sense of getting the stress out. And for me, exercise really helps with that. Uh, so I, and I wasn't eating right, especially in the evenings, because I was so busy seeing clients that I forgot to look after myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I started to get mad at myself. Why did I do this? You know, I, sh- I should know better, and this and that. Mm-hmm. And I felt, okay, look, Sahin, you can keep on beating yourself, yeah. or you can forgive yourself and say, okay, that happened. Now, how can I learn from that and change so that I can keep myself well throughout? So what have you done differently now? Yes. Now, because I used to work in, uh, you know, 16, 17 hour days, which is crazy. No one should do that. Uh, I have gone to a place now where I'm not working in the evenings. I'm done at six o'clock. I exercise uh, four, three to four times a week. And I feel great. Awesome. Awesome. And I know that there's several people listening and watching this that can benefit from that information um, because they need to build their resiliency reflex. And I know that dealing with stress is a huge piece of that. Oh my God. Yes. Especially as women who love to do things for others. (laughs) And when we're in business, we tend to feel like, you know, our clients come first, our family comes first and Mm -hmm. stop, stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not serving anyone. You can't serve anyone else if you can't look after yourself first. That's right. So what does resilience reflex mean? Okay, yes. You know, I get that asked a lot because so many people are like, why did you pick that title? (laughs) So let's break that down. So it's two words, right? Resilience is the inner strength that you build. And reflex Uh, to me is an unconscious practice that you have to keep doing until it becomes a habit and it's so unconscious. So anytime when I have to speak um, to an audience, I always start by saying, look, I'm going to give you tools today, but I don't want you to walk out the door and say, that was a great presentation. Oh, I got the tools. Yes. But then when you go home and you don't practice or you go to your workplace and you don't practice, then what's the point, right? So I say you have to make it your reflex. And so practice, practice, practice. And I don't share like 10 tools or five tools. I only share three tools anytime I speak because three is a good number to keep in mind and practice. Yes. Um, So that's why I say that you're not born with it but you can become resilient through practicing the tools that I have in the book and in my uh, uh, speeches. Excellent. Because that reflex, it is about being able to pull that out whenever you need it. Yes, that's right. 
And by working it, just like a muscle, you're going to be able to default to the resilience versus, you know, scramble until you can find it. Exactly. And that's, that's what I want. Yeah. So who is the book targeted to? Mm-hmm. So it's actually targeted at, at that time. I, I wasn't even thinking about um, a specific market. Uh, I just wanted to target mostly women and working women. Uh, even women who are uh, like, you know, managers, directors, because just like them, um, I, we, we, we work hard. We always do things uh, for others and we forget about ourselves. And I wanted to make sure that as they go through change in life, uh, how can they embrace that change and just bounce back? Because we go through lots of changes. Change is inevitable and it uh, is a constant that we know. So it's being able to be able to be flexible, adaptable, and being able to move forward. So what benefits will they get from reading your book? Hmm. Well, they will learn, first of all, how to change their uh, thoughts. And it's a, it's a specific st- strategy that I share in there on how uh, our mind works. Uh, and, and the mind works in different ways where when we think of something, if, if I ask you right now, uh, don't think of a clown, Deborah. Did you just do that even though I yeah. asked you? Right? Yeah, default. Um, yeah, exactly, right? But your, your mind works that way. Your subconscious mind has to bring up the image of what you're saying, what you don't want, but it still thinks that you want to give attention to that very thing. Uh, so when we are imagining something or when we're thinking something, we always have an image that comes up and we also have a self-talk that is also going on. Mm-hmm. And I show them in there on how to become aware of that and then how, how to change that. So that's one of the things that they could learn in there. And another thing that I share is the seven cycles of change, uh, which every time I talk about that, people say it's the best thing that they've learned ever. <laughs> uh, so that's in there. And that's not my model, by the way. Um, it was given to me by my mentors, Tim and Chris Holbaum. So, so it's their stuff and not mine, but it's amazing. And I had to share that in the book. Uh, and I also talk about leadership uh, and how leaders use a system called LIMP. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to go through what that, that stands for, but it's an ac- acronym. So they, they can get the book and go through that there. So yeah, there's lots of stuff, uh, lots of things and tools that they can get access to in the book. What, are, what inspired you to write the book? And how long did it take you to write it? Okay, so this is a great story I have to share with you, Deborah, and with your listeners. Uh, this was early on in the 2000s, <laughs> uh, where I was driving one day. It was a hot summer day, and uh, the AC was on in, in my car. And it was a long drive, and I was thinking to myself, you know, um, I'd like to share my story one day, but how can I do that? 
And I just kept on asking the same question over and over again for a few seconds. I go, how can I do that? And all of a sudden, there was this whisper behind my right ear. And I know it sounds really eerie. And honestly, I know your listeners may be thinking, what is she talking about? But I can tell you, I, it was so eerie for me as well, where right behind my right ear, someone or something said fear. And it was almost like a whisper, like fear, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I literally had to sit up in, in the driver's seat and look in my rearview mirror to see if there was someone behind because I got scared. Yeah. <laughs> and something there um, just got to me and I said, I got to do this. It was that conviction that happened in that moment that said to me, you got to do this. Now, it didn't happen until 2015, but it took some time. And that's what I would say inspired me to write the book. Wow. And what is the most important message that you want readers to walk away with? I want readers to walk away with knowing that, look, when you see people who come back uh, quickly from a setback, uh, that or that are successful, that doesn't mean that they're born that way. That doesn't mean that they have a gene in, in their body that makes them resilient and successful and great at speaking and great at doing things. They're, they're not born that way. Uh, they just have that mental toughness. They, they have that grit uh, that they have practiced over time. And just like me, because I said I had a speech impediment, I stuttered severely. I couldn't even say my name. Uh, but it was the practice of going through fluency skills. I would drive in my car every day and put a tape in. Now, in those days, it was a tape. <laughs> now it's something else. But I would follow along the fluency skills every day and get used to talking more fluently and then I would go out in the world and practice and step into fear so I'm not even saying step out of your comfort zone I'm saying step into fear and be there and say you know what I know you're there for a reason but I got to do this and I would practice speaking and doing things that I feared the most and this is where I am now so I got there because of practicing resilient skills so that's my advice to you and to all of you out there that it doesn't come because you're born with it it comes with practice and stepping into fear so what are three tools or strategies that you could offer our listeners today about dealing with resilience and facing life head-on with Mm -hmm. fears and everything attached to it yeah (laughs) Um, So I would say the first thing for sure is you can do it alone. If anyone says to you, yeah, go ahead, you can do it by yourself. Uh, No, (laughs) Uh, I I will tell you. And so, so will you, right? You know, Deborah, that you need support around you. And I think the first tool in anything on how to be resilient on how to bounce back is ask for help. And know that there's always support around you or create a supportive network around you. 
Uh, number two is uh, understand uh, that change is going to happen. And the only reason that we fear change is because you don't know what lies on the other side of change. Uh, or you doubt your own capability of handling that change. And that's why you fight against it. So what if you had the attitude of, of curiosity? So just become curious and find out, okay, um, how will this change help me? Not affect me, but how will it help me? So start asking better questions. And the third tip that I have is think, instead of thinking like a victim, start to think like a victor. And the one question that you want to ask yourself to flip from a victim mindset to a victor mindset is just ask yourself, what do I want and when do I want it by? So there you go. So it's that easy to switch your mindset. What do I want? So if I ask, yes, it is that easy. And again, you know, I don't know why people think that things have to be complicated. Uh, things are not complicated. We make them complicated. Yeah. Our brain is a very simple um, organ and a muscle, and it doesn't need complications. It needs simple things. It does. It does. And you know what? I got excited when you said be curious because that's what my latest book that just came out is. So oh, I, think, I think our books complement each that. other yes. um, very well. In the fact that this helps ask people for people to ask better questions, and I know there's some of that in here, yeah. And also building that resiliency. Often, when people talk to be, me about mindset, and that's why I was like, "Can you switch it that easy? Is it like a flip of a switch?" There's been situations I've been in, and you know, and probably yourself and our listeners, that sometimes you know something will happen, and you're going into a new environment, and you're carrying that energy with you. And thinking about, so how can I change it so that I don't attack the person who's in front of me next, realizing that I just had something really stressful happen. So I like how you've addressed that by saying, yeah, you can switch it. But what do you use to switch it so quickly that you're not carrying it into the next conversation? Mm, that is a good, good question. So I do a couple of things, uh, Deborah. One is that I, I want to understand the positive intent of the other side or of what I'm going into or anything like that. I've always been taught that every negative situation has a positive spin to it. Um, and and now anytime I come out of a situation or if I'm in a situation that is negative or that is coming out in a way that, uh, that could be a conflict, um, I will always say, okay, what is the positive intent of what the person is saying or of the situation? And once I get that, the switch is easy because then right away I go, okay, what am I grateful for now about that? And so I think being grateful and going in thinking what's the positive intent here makes a huge difference because now you're not just thinking negative all the time, right? Mm -hmm. You're switching that mindset. Yeah. And I know I recently put a post on Facebook about you 
you know, what you think about, you bring, bring about. So be careful what you're paying attention to. And one of the people commented that you are not your thoughts. True. You aren't defined by your thoughts. But it's important to pay attention how your thoughts affect how you feel. Right. And then the actions that you move forward with. So you can choose to react or you can choose to respond to life and situations. That's right. So you also wrote another book. Tell us more about that, about Ideal Weight. Oh, yes. That was back in 2013. Um, I did one called Attract Your Ideal Weight. And it's a, it's a very short book that you can read in like two hours, I think. <laughs> Uh, and it's eight secrets of uh, individuals who have lost weight and kept it off. And this occurred because, again, we opened up the wellness center uh, and uh, a lot of people were commenting to me about how I had kept my weight off for the last uh, 10 years at the same time. Like, you know, people who knew me and things like that. And they were asking, how did you do it? How did you do it? So I decided to start interviewing other people who had lost weight and also kept it off. And I found a theme. <laughs> and that's what the eight secrets are all about. Uh, and that is also on Amazon too. And uh, now it's become a three-month online course. And, oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So I do a three-month online course where we meet twice a week uh, and I do uh, you know, live coaching for an hour with the group. And I've got people from all over, from Kenya and from Canada and yeah. Wow, wow. So what is the common theme that you see? Uh, so some of them were just about, you know, it's huge again, is mindset mm -hmm. and attitude and uh, Another one is acceptance. Uh, so yeah, there, there's a lot in there. And mindset was, was huge though, because a lot of people had to realize that it's not a quick fix. Like, you know, losing weight is not a quick fix. Uh, it's all about lifestyle. Mm -hmm. and that's what my three-month course is about, where teaching people how to have that lifestyle where you don't have to diet and go from one extreme to, to another. You just have to understand your body and your food. Yeah, and it's our habits. So yes. what are some of the success habits that you've put in place to get you to be as successful as you are? <laughs> when it comes to health, you mean? Like, you know, eating well? In general. I know well, successful well. people put habits in place in order for them to be successful in all areas yes. in what they can. So what are yeah. yours? Oh, mine are, I can tell you right away, it's having routine and consistent systems. So what, what do I mean by that? Uh, Deborah? I wake up every morning, uh, well, especially Monday to Friday at 4.45 in the morning. And everyone is usually shocked and they're like, how can you get up that way? Well, I know from... Uh, from a long time ago that my mind is very alert in the morning that I'm so creative where I can write something so quickly I can work on different things that you know uh, and that's when I do my content creation so that's when I do my blogs that's when I do my books that's when I do my online course content uh, and because I have that routine now it's amazing what I can get done uh, the, the next thing is, is that um, 
But when it comes to habits is having that routine, but also having habits that do not waste my energy. <laughs> so for example, I know what I'm having every morning and I know some people say, well, that's kind of boring. Well, I do mix it up, but I know I'm having either a smoothie, um, eggs or uh, a healthy something, um, oatmeal, right? So it's one of those three things. I'm not thinking too much. Whatever I get, I do. And for lunch, it's either a, a nice homemade soup or a salad. So if I know that, I'm not wasting my time going through my fridge and print, you know, pantry. What am I going to do today? What am I going to do? This is where people waste time. <laughs> yes. Right? And I think there is a, they have found out too that Steve Jobs and even former President Obama had the same kind of mindset where uh, they knew what they were wearing when it came to like suits or clothes, uh, that they didn't waste time there because they are so busy, they don't have time to think about what to wear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it eliminates decision fatigue. That's right, thank you for that. Yes, decision fatigue, yes. And then th that way they can channel that energy to what they really want to focus their time and energy on. And yes. like you, you found your ideal time to do yes. your content creation. Yes. Is there anything else that you do that sets you up for success? Yeah, you know, a lot of people say, well, how do you, how do you have time to cook and, and like eat healthy? That's the question that I you know get asked because working and doing and being a mom and just like you, right, you know, having a family. Um, and I say Sunday is our family time to prep meals. So we as a family get together. Mm -hmm. And we prep meals for the next three or four days. Yeah, you know, half my Sunday is gone in, in a sense. But then again, I'm not going all over the place. We're not eating out like crazy. Uh, so that we know that, okay, we've got food for the next three, four days for lunch and for, and, and for supper. Everyone's looked after and we're okay. But so I have the peace of mind, I, sh mm -hmm. I should say. Yeah. That my week will go okay. Yeah. So it takes some planning and preparation oh. to set yourself up for success. Yes. Planning ahead, by the way, is key in any area of your life. So for example, even when someone is thinking about retiring, don't they plan ahead? Right? I mean, yeah. you, you would. I mean, if you're going on a vacation, wouldn't you plan ahead? Of course you would. So why don't we plan ahead with our daily habits and our routines? I, I just don't get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is one book? I'm going to ask you two parts to this question. One book that has been your insp inspiration, that you, it was a game-changing book for you. Mm. Uh, it was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And what about that book stands out for you? I just didn't realize, um, and I read this book in my, I think I was 19 or 20. I just didn't realize um, that you really have to understand language, linguistics. Mm -hmm. You have to understand mindset because that was in there as well. And you have to understand that, you know, again, um, 
if you want to be successful, you have to have that supportive network and you have to know how to approach people and how to even speak or how, how to be a leader. Uh, and that just was like mind, mind blowing for me. <laughs> wow. And it's still one of the best books of all time. Yes. So what are you currently reading? Hmm. Good one. Uh, you know, I have started to read a lot of, um, separate books here. And the reason for that is because of the research that I'm doing with my own book. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually reading a book. Um, it's more about food and healthy habits and it's right. I can see it, but I can't remember the title. Uh, so I apologize about that. And that's okay. The author. Uh, but the other one that I'm also reading, which is by my bedside, is by uh, Stephen, and I'm going to, I, I think it's A-C-H-O-R. Okay. Um, and it's about how, yeah, how how to change your thoughts and habits, or the happiness and Sean advantage. Sean, Sean, thank you. Thank happiness you. advantage. There you go. Happiness advantage. You're yeah. so good with your books. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've read it a while ago, and I'm going to have to go back to it, because often, you know, what happens is, and even with this podcast, I recommend listeners, they listen to it again, because each time as you read a book, you get and retain a different piece of information. So they say that you should be reading uh, the same book over six times, so wow. that you can absorb the content. And sometimes, like, you're not reading it six times in a row, but you put it away, think about the thoughts, read it again a few months down the road or maybe even a year down the road. And because you're in a different place, you will be open to the new messages that are coming to you. Yeah, and you know what? A third book that I'm also reading is Awaken the Giant by Anthony Robbins. Yes. When you, when you were saying about six times, well, I have read that book quite a few times and you should see the notes I have and the sticky notes I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah each time we walk away with something different. Yes. So if you had to leave three key points for our listeners and audience, what are those three things you would love to leave with us today? Okay. Well, I think we've kind of gone through them, you know, as we have talked, but just to, just to recap, I guess. You bet. Um, yeah, is plan ahead uh, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. Uh, number two, make sure you create a supportive network if you don't have one or start to reach out. And uh, number, that, that was number two. And number three, uh, pick one tool from a book that you are reading right now uh, and practice it for the week and see what happens. That is so important. So, so important because I, I have seen people, they'll read a book or they'll go to a conference, they'll do all these workshops, but it's not valuable to you until you implement the work. Yes. Yeah, so thank you for those key points. Thank you, Zaheen, for coming on the show. You have taught us so much about being resilient and, re and that having that reflex to really move through life and any stressors or fear that comes our way. Thank you for having me, Deborah. You're very welcome. And connect with, how can people connect with you? Yes, they can just go to my website, uh, zaheennanji.com. Uh, that's Z-A-H-E-E-N. 
N-A-N-J-I.com. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the Millionaire Woman Show. As always, I would love for you to go over to iTunes, write us a review, give us a five-star high five. Let me know how you, what nuggets you have learned from the show. And that way we can pass them. You can go directly to Zaheen or myself. You can reach me at Deborah at DebraKazowski.com. And it's available on my website at www.debraKazowski.com. I read all emails and reply to them by myself. So don't worry. You know, you think that, is this really Deb? It is. So we want to make sure that you have that personal connection and also, um, as Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And my wish for you, as always, is make today great. Have a great day, everyone.